0: Welcome to Aussie Ambitions Podcast, where we meet with everyday Aussies that are pushing ahead with their
1: goals and ambitions in life. Join your host, Scott Robert Springer, to explore the future of entrepreneurship, work-life balance, and reaching beyond your comfort zone. So stay tuned for some tips on living life the Aussie way.
0: All right, welcome to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We have got an exciting topic today on in fashion. Very excited to... Um, Go back and forth on just different aspects of it. We've got our guest, her name is Sinead James. Welcome Sinead, how are you?
1: Thank you so much. Excellent. Thanks for having me.
0: Excellent. So Sinead is the Head of Design and Branding at Charlie Holiday Yeah. Um, and uh, essentially established here on the Gold Coast and there's a lot of activity here. I'm um, just wonder if you could take us through a little bit about what you're working on.
1: Awesome. So yeah, I work for Charlie Holiday, Um, the company's Head office is in Sydney, and we've got an office up on the Gold Coast. Um, I run the Gold Coast office. Um, our design team is up there, and currently we're just working on our Northern Hemisphere Resort um, range. So, designing up the um, collection, getting it ready to be produced. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, this
0: is so it's very much um, in terms of male or female. Where, where does that stand
1: yeah the brand is um female um we have we previously did men's but um women's was outselling men's quite a lot so we decided um to put all our focus onto women's at the time being so that we're hoping to reintroduce men's eventually very yeah. cool
0: i mean people are gonna with the video side of things obviously people are tuning into the uh the podcast yeah um uh, on spotify and, and apple and everywhere but with the youtube version they'll be uh, saying seeing you in person so <laughs> You've got an outfit on. Is this part of the collection? Um,
1: Yes, this is our current collection right now, um, Verona. Um, So this is one of our dresses and our custom prints. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent.
0: Um, So, yeah, again, people listening in would be likely from outside of Australia getting a feel for what it's like here. And this Mm -hmm. will be interesting because... The questions around does climate you know dictate you know is it summer all year long yeah. all those kind of things yeah so um do you have a feel for where the the range sits for the yeah. Aussie lifestyle
1: it's um it's a tough one because we are a global brand so we actually um our primary market is America um, and secondary is Australia so we have to try to find the nice balance between the two so we are a resort brand so most of the time our product is um are designed around like summer, spring, but we do do some like heavier ranges as well. Um and that is always a um a daily challenge trying to get that balance right between the bo- between both hemispheres. So we we yeah, we do say Charlie's like um resort based, uh beach to bar kind of thing. So we always do like, you know, swimwear, like dresses, lightweight, like kind of options, um silhouettes, yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Um, so your title uh, essentially, um, we got in touch via LinkedIn and got a bit of a feel for your background and how it's all pieced together. So I think it's a really neat story. So we're going to get there, but the, the head of design and branding, um, what does that entail for those out there?
1: Yeah. So, um, I manage a team of designers and, uh, garment technicians, and I also oversee, um, some of the marketing team, too, and the branding. So basically, I kind of keep the whole creative side of things together and make sure it's cohesive across the board. Um, and as head of design, I oversee the collection. So I come up with the inspiration. Um, I like cat up, so we do digital drawings, we design up the range, we present it to our agents, our team, um, alongside with the other designers. So I manage them, I kind of do approvals, um, we do like lab dips and track constantly dealing with factories overseas. Um, I also play a big role in the production side of things. So just keeping up to date with timelines, making sure our factories are gonna deliver on time. And it just, the list goes on, it's it's forever endless. <laughs>
0: okay. I mean, that's what it sounds like. It's yeah. obviously many hats. And, it is um, many
1: hats for sure.
0: What will be interesting to see get to know yourself yeah. a- and the skills that you've picked up over time yeah. to either prepare you for it or yeah. at least point you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so where you're at now, um, have you been in this role for a few years? Or? Yeah,
1: about, I think I'm going on six years in April, I think. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, I've been in it for a while. <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe we should comment on that just quickly. <clears throat> That's a longer term employment yes, yeah. for a certain generation of people out there. Yeah. Um, do you think that, is that normal within your peer group? like people? Are just-
1: um, yes and no. Like the fashion industry can be quite fickle. So people, you do find people turning over like every year and things like that. But I think it's so important to find somewhere you're um, comfortable in and planting yourself there and growing. And like you become part of the brand's DNA if you've been there for a while. So you really get a read on what the customers want like what colors are working, what silhouettes are working, like who who you're trying to design for. I think if you're constantly moving around, it can take like up to a year to figure that out for yourself. But at the same time, like, you know, I, like I do understand why some designers do move around, like they want to keep increasing their skill set, work in different categories, different, um, get a feel, like maybe they want to do menswear, swimwear, kidswear, like they don't know what that is yet. So sometimes it does take a little bit of, um, back and forth to realize which direction you want to go but I always knew I wanted to do women's wear and swimwear and then when I found um Charlie Holiday and I was lucky to be hired um I just knew it was the right place for me and yeah the right aesthetic and we just get you it know, like they the we just gelled like their direction and what I wanted to do with my career it just really worked well together Very cool. yeah
0: <clears throat> yeah, very cool. I think what we're mm-hmm. going to try to um, get out of some of your life experience yeah. so far, which is um, kind of that, that self starting mentality. Of, mm-hmm. You know, you know, you have an interest, but then it's like actually sticking to it, pursuing yeah. it. And yeah, built this career, which is definitely, um, you know, running at high speed, it seems. <laughs> so yeah, maybe we can just get a feel for like for yourself. So earlier on, like, where did you start out with this? You're you're born in Australia. I
1: am born in Australia. I'm born in Mornington Peninsula in Victoria, and then I uh, our family re- relocated to uh, to Queensland Gold Coast. Um, I think when I was about seven or eight years old. So I've been here, and then I did a stint in Sydney, um, maybe in my early twenties as well. So, based here, but basically, how I got into it all is I just always had. I love her fashion. Um, my grandma used to make all her own clothes, and I, um, she used to buy me like a little mini sewing machine. I just always had an interest in it. I loved drawing. My mum is a really good artist, and um, she doesn't get to do it anymore. But back when we were younger, like I would like, I just followed in her passion, I guess. And then um, I went to school, and I was at a school that was quite business orientated, and I. I found a school that had a a home economics program and I begged my family to like, let me move schools and went to a school that offered that. And then um, when it was nearing the end of year 12, I was kind of trying to work out what I wanted to do with myself. Um, I wanted to do fashion, but again, it was such a pipe dream. Like everyone was kind of like, it was honestly the mentality that like, oh, you know, that's a very big dream. Like not many people do that kind of thing. And I I kind of started believing it to some extent, but my dad was, is um, very business driven. And he kind of just said like, just go to uni, get a business degree and then do whatever you want. Like that would be such a great foundation to have for yourself. So I was sort of at that stage of like, I still don't know what to do. So I went to uni um, and I did a bachelor of business and um, majored in entrepreneurship. And that really did set a foundation for me. Um, though I didn't, like I graduated quite young at 19, so I I didn't have much life experience. And I still, I thought uni would tell me where I wanted to go, like whether I wanted to be a marketer, you know, and so on. But I, um, I like, I had to sit back and kind of go, where am I going to go from here? And then I was like, what do I love? What am I passionate about? And then I thought design and I was like, well, what else do I have to lose? So I enrolled into a design course and then it took a few years, but then here I am kind of thing. So that's how I kind of got there. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, look, that that is uh, kind of what's interesting when you yeah. chat with people like yourself. It's almost like you've got this roadmap <laughs> that I'm not sure if it would apply equally to everyone, yeah. but it's certainly a start, Yeah. right? Um, what I picked up on that you mentioned was that even from an early early age, it was almost like a ha- hands-on approach. Like maybe, um, you know, um, like you said, it might be at a high school or something yeah. where you've got a home ec class or something. There's... T- you got textiles yeah. and you're gonna get in there and and cut yeah cut patterns and things yeah. was it really that like patterns and it
1: really like in like what what it is like in a fashion career now
0: um or it's both actually yeah, it, <laughs> yeah it'd be interesting to see how technology is maybe way mm. way more now but even back then is it the type of thing like you know like we've got spotlights a shop here yeah. which is like fabrics and patterns and yeah. i've been in there a few times for <laughs> curtains yes. but what um well, yeah, what's that look like physically?
1: Well, well, like I thought it, like, you know, before I was educated in design, like I was under the impression I'd be like cutting fabric, making patterns, um, doing all that tangible physical work, um, which you can do to some extent. But I, you know, it wasn't until I actually started in roles or st- I had my own label and I started doing it all. I realized, like, if you want to just be a designer, you can be doing a lot of digital work. Like you're not so much hands-on, like, cutting fabrics, cutting patterns, like you have someone else in a position, like a garment tech or a pattern maker. So you usually specialize to some extent. Um, but that's not to say like every day I am reviewing fabric swatches, like there is still that side of things. But I think a lot of people go into design thinking it, it will be everything, but usually you're specializing in a in a certain area, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, for sure there'll be layers of you know, mix of education and experience yeah. and like maybe who you've got around you yeah. to lots of influence, right? Yeah. Creative influence or technical.
1: Exactly. But like, if you are starting your own business, something I, I did when I was quite young, I had my own label for a while and that was everything. Like I was, I was doing the business side, the marketing, I was designing, dealing with the factories, sourcing fabric, sourcing trims, uh, dealing with wholesalers, chasing debt, like everything like that. Like it kind of was ultimate learning experience and i think that really helped with my (laughs) career
0: excellent now we're gonna get into this yeah we're not going away (laughs) from this one um you mentioned a major in entrepreneurship and Mm -hmm. that's something that jumps out at me as something that is not widely available even maybe we're in 2021 now um i'm not actually sure which university if all universities offer that but yeah at the time like roughly how many years ago was that
1: oh we're going on like I'm going to give away my age now. No, we're going away, going on like 13 years ago, I think when I started (laughs) and it was very new. Like I think entrepreneurship was like a strange word. Like a lot of people didn't know what that mean, the meaning was back then. Um, I was just trying to figure out what major I wanted to do. And my dad's always, um, had his own businesses and been very, um, business driven and always pushed that onto me and my sister. And, I just kind of always had a passion for like, I knew I wanted a business one day and I just had a passion for it and I wanted to learn more and it kind of see all facets of like what it is to have a business and kind of finding that niche and exploiting it and just like learning how to do that. And I kind of read up on the course curriculum about entrepreneurship and I was like, I had that spark moment as corny as that sounds. And I was like, this sounds like the right major for me. And it was like when I got into it, um, yeah, I learned so much and I honestly think it applies to you know it like what I learned in the course applies to me every single day. Like I it's I don't know. Like I think you can come out of degrees and like I don't know you lose the knowledge quite quickly, but that has I don't know reinforced in my everyday life so much the things I learned. Yeah.
0: That is um, good to hear because a lot of education people discount pretty quickly. You know, they spend the time, it can be four years or more. um, And then it's sort of, is it connected to a a technical skill that you can then apply? So in in this case, I I do love the concept of it. And I hope that that's more widely available because um, again, these times, this whole podcast started because it was sort of, we realized that obviously people are not necessarily equipped to be self-starters, but. I don't know, maybe biologically, does people, you know, do they have a sense of survival? Yes, yeah. they do. So um, it's bridging the gap between yeah. that and entrepreneurship. It's sort of like survival.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it like touches on, you can do, it's so broad that you could be doing anything and it will, you know, it will help you go ahead. Like, like you said, like you usually come out with a skill set, like if you're going to be a nurse or a psychologist and it only applies to that skill, that, sorry, industry where entrepreneurship is so broad, like it can You can start any type of business and that kind of major is going to help you along the way, like the information you learn in it. such a good point.
0: Yeah. Like really, obviously mindset comes up a lot, isn't it? It's just, it's almost like a way of thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Um, it is. It really is like, yeah. It's
0: so weird. I can't think of anything else at the moment that's like that, where it's like, you know, it's just training your mind and your eye. You look for things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just on that. Do you you feel (laughs) like you see the world differently than others?
1: In my industry, yes, I think I have an advantage from having that entrepreneurial spirit. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people go in creative and they're amazing, and like that's like, you know, 50% of the job. But I think like people neglect that the business side of things is so important, like being a designer. You know, we get to draw beautiful things all day. That is true to some extent, but you've got to look at it from a cost point of view and you've got to look at it from how it's a business going to make money based on this design. Is it feasible design? Like there's so many things that go into it. I think sometimes like as you're going up the ranks, um, people aren't aware of that um, until they kind of gain the experience that there is this business side to it. And that kind of gave me that insight to like be more open-minded to those kind of things and see it from a business point of view, not just creatively. Yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Um I just want to fill in the, some of the gaps there we, sure. we, the, the entre- entrepreneurship major. Would that how many years would that have been?
1: Um so I fast tracked it um because I went to bond and they you can do your degrees within 2 years. So yeah. the major, oh gosh, I think it's like I did multiple subjects within the major so it did um go over maybe a couple of sem- a semesters from memory, but I think it was, oh, I can't, I can't even remember how long it was for, but the degree was two years. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Well, even fast tracking says a lot about, um, I mean, not everybody's going to take that on. Yeah. I was to... really,
1: really motivated to just get there and get it done and figure out what I wanted to do. That's, um,
0: the, and look, did that have a sacrifice? Was there a trade-off of, um, you know, some late nights, obviously many late nights, but <laughs> yes, what was that
1: like? No, like I was so young that you kind of had the energy to kind of party still, but like, what, like study till midnight kind of thing it was hard definitely don't get me wrong like I definitely had moments where I was like maybe I should like do three subjects instead of four just to like have you know some life but um I got it done I guess like a lot of people my age was you know taking gap years and traveling or they were doing a lot of my friends that were at Bond were doing like two or three subjects so they just had a bit more balance and like working jobs and getting a bit more real world experience I guess that was like the, if I had to say a negative, like, yeah, I was, it might've been beneficial to have like been in the workforce for a year just to kind of see what, like to find those questions I needed answers for. I kind of went the other way. So I did the degree and learned so much, but when I came out, um, I didn't really maybe know how to apply that to like the everyday world as much, but now, yeah, now it's all makes sense, but maybe going backwards would have helped if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah <laughs> m- makes sense um I- I'm just thinking one of the questions people might have is how did she how did she do it obviously it's the work ethic that's number yeah. one but then there's uh, sometimes people do need to work a part-time job yeah. to kind of float things um w- did you um uh, was it thing like did you have enough support to make it happen or did oh you... sorry
1: I should clarify like I worked since I was about 14 to nine months like, I worked that whole time I worked through uni um I was really lucky that at um, my dad's company I could work night times so I was doing customer service. So I just honestly, I just didn't stop. And I've never stopped since, to be honest. It's just I'm always on the go. So yeah, I I was one of those people that had to work my way through uni. I just wanted to get into the workforce really quickly, I guess. Um very cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well that actually fits in an important <laughs> piece because obviously people have different circumstances. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what's the barrier of yep. getting to your goal? And um but I, I think if you can break it down to uh what you know, obviously mini goals and there's yeah. some strategies there. But Yeah, just something that um, pulling in people that can help you Yeah. or just going it alone if you have to. I think there's a bit of that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Where did you fit on that spectrum of like, did you feel like it was all you the whole way through or was there a bit of community that you could tap into like friends, family?
1: Yeah. A bit of both. Like you, you definitely learn with it to some extent, but like you are with all your peers and you are in like team assignments and you're bouncing off other people and seeing their work ethics. I, again, like, as I mentioned, my dad, he's quite like a mentor to me when it came to business and like, just learning it from a practical point of view. Um, yeah. My friends, they were always really good support systems, but I do find it like within myself, you have to have that drive. Like you can't have other people push that out of you. I think you have to find that fire within and go with it. So it was a bit of both. Yeah. I'm definitely, I like, like, I like to be a lone wolf at times, but I definitely do go back to even today. Like I will still, I have my certain people and if I need a bit of advice um or if I'm not sure if like the decision I'm making is the right decision like I will relay that information to people and get their advice I'm not just shut off like I like to have my own opinion but see what other people and I've got a select few people that I like kind of run things by if I'm unsure yeah nice. yeah
0: um good well we've covered off on where the inspiration comes from so it's sort of yeah Yeah. it's great to have that within the family yeah um and then uh, i'm really curious to get towards the the starting of your own label and and that kind of thing so um it sounds like that happened pretty early on though
1: yeah straight up oh straight after i finished my fashion course um i was applying for jobs and like at that stage like the industry here, like the fashion industry, was quite small. Like you know, most of my colleagues, uh, sorry, my the other students I was with, were moving to Sydney or Melbourne to kind of explore their career. But I was really like, oh no, I want to give it a go up here. And you know, it took so long; I, I wasn't getting any anywhere. So I ended up um getting a job in event management and PR, but like still trying to figure out how I can um, make my dream come true. So I just started sketching. I was still like after college, I was still like making, sewing my own things and sort of selling it on the side. And then I was like, no, I can really do something with this. And, um, I decided to take the plunge. I was like, I had a bit of savings. I was like, i I might as well just give this a whirl and um apply all the knowledge. I've like those last three, four years I've spent learning. I might as well, you know, bring this to life. So I just started very small, like doing small collections of maybe oh gosh, like six to 10 pieces. I just had like a Facebook page. It was very like hobby at the start and it just started growing so much. And then um, I think a year or so went by and um, I my, my dad actually saw how hard I was working and he invested into it. And we like got, I was sewing or I had like just a local sewer doing Um, the garments for me. And we found a manufacturer in Australia and we started doing it at like a higher level. Like the website came on board, like started um, wholesaling. I think we were in about 25 to 30 stores at the time. So that was really awesome. Um, And it was really good to see production from Australian point of view because a lot of companies, um, you know, go offshore because of um, how affordable it is. So um, I got to see how that whole World works. Uh, I guess you don't really always see that when the production's happening in another country. So that was really good. Um, so I did that for about three to four years. It kind of got to a point where, um, for us, like it, it was like okay, it we might need to take this offshore. Like as much as I loved uh, producing in Australia and I'm very big about that now, it was just the cost for the minimums we were doing and everything like that was so high. I kind of got to a point where um and a lot of boutiques were closing down it was not a good time in the economy and it kind of got to a point where I was like I'm so young I'm working like 6 a.m to 11 p.m kind of thing I think I need there's more I need to learn so that's kind of when I decided I might put this on pause and bench this and move to Sydney and get into the industry and like learn more like I've kind of seen what it's all about. And I have some questions that need answers. I'm going to go and learn these, like, learn, like get these answers from working at other labels um, with people that have much more experience. So it was a really hard decision, but um after a couple of years and like amazing experiences, I, I just, I decided to close up shop and move to Sydney. Um, I worked for a couple of labels down there and that's when I found Charlie Holiday. Um, and then I've been with them ever since. Yeah.
0: That's um. That's very interesting <laughs> to put those that order of events there. Yeah. Um, the one thing that comes to mind for me is um, this entrepreneurship there, but then it's also when you're working with companies or even inside of a yeah. company. Um, I don't know if that term is still used, but intrapreneurship. It's sort of like <laughs> innovation within the company. Yeah. And you're kind of like the chief yes. innovator. Um, and it's sort of like this uh, incubator where you connect, you're contributing and you're generating yes. value for the company, right? Yes. But at the same time, you're getting like these questions answered. Like yeah. You
1: said. Yeah. It's honestly, that's the best way to put it. That's what I feel like my job really is. I'm trying to come up with ideas to just make Charlie Holiday better all the time. Like whether it's branding, just general business design, like sustainability efforts, like we're always just constantly trying to come up with new ideas to grow and, you know, make our customers even like love charlie more than they already do kind of thing so yeah
0: it's interesting and good on your um good on charlie holiday for being <laughs> open to um celebrating your yeah. skill set and yeah. sounds like they've given you full not full reign but like you're empowered
1: yeah no it's a small a smaller team and like they're very good at like making sure like all employees opinions are heard like you know one uh, two heads is better than one so like we all just have you know every week we have meetings and we like share ideas um And just try to put them in place um make it happen yeah
0: um i'm I'm curious about the the balance between uh i mean you can imagine some companies would be a little bit threatened by having someone with so much expertise you almost want to hang on to them and control them and lock them down (laughs) um and that kind of thing yeah is uh you know so i just think it's a good message for people to hear that um on the company side I'd encourage companies to be open to that yeah. let people fl- flourish and spread yeah. their wings, but um do so within your company maybe yeah. define the role differently. of
1: course yeah 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 um, yeah
0: but uh- and excellent so the the label itself um is it like a personal brand that you'd still have i guess control over if you wanted to um uh, like you didn't sell it off to anyone no it's I just yeah I
1: just yeah dissolved it um I, I used to think I'd want to redo it, but I, I I don't think it's for me. Like I found more passion in like um, the creative side of um, design and like I'm not opposed to having a business in the future, but I don't think I would have a fashion label, if that makes sense. Like for sure, just seeing see, a lot of things in the industry.
0: Well, um, you quickly uh, went into it there just a few minutes ago, which is about running the whole thing, which was, you know, operational and yep. you've got sourcing and suppliers yep. and probably paying the bills and Lots of things there, and I think that's just a good um, eye opening moment for people, just to know that it's not uh, it's not all on paper. No, (laughs) Um, No. or or, you know, it's not
1: how it looks in the movies.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of things, and one of the questions I was curious about, like what what do people get wrong um, when doing this Mm. kind of thing, like a bit of the train
1: wreck, yeah, stories. (laughs) There's a lot. Um, I think where people go wrong is they get so overexcited. Like it's such a like amazing like concept to see your ideas on paper turn into real life. And I think people um, just want to get it out there and they have to remember like when you've launched a website, you might not have much following behind that and people over bulk and which means like, you know, they might produce 500 of something, but like right now they might only have 10 people a week visiting their website. So it won't convert over to sales. Um, so I think it's always best to start small and test the waters, see what like your customers are loving. Sometimes you're not even quite sure to get the product out there and you're like, wow, people are loving like, um, when I do linen polka dots and then you're like, that's something I'm going to explore further. And you kind of find your niche. I think if you dive in, um, too big, too heavy, like at the start, like it, there's a lot of ways that can go wrong as well. And I think another key, um, area that I've I felt like people have gone wrong is like, they don't have the branding behind them. Like it's so, so important to have strong marketing and branding and knowing who you are and being self-aware and being like knowing your brand's messages and goals and delivering that to your customer really clearly. So like someone can go on your Instagram or website and know what you're all about straight away. I think it's just people dive in too soon. I think it's like jot it on paper and jot it over and over again to really know what you want your brand to stand for and what your goals and your mission statement is yeah nice yeah
0: um right so we've, t- we've talked a little bit about fashion and the practical yeah. side of it and in running a business in fashion um as well as you know the scope of the current company you're yeah. with um is there any trends that you need to be on the pulse of like in terms of just um, being unique like i imagine yeah. there's a lot of people that are in the space and trying to like pull people in different directions, but yeah. where do you go? Where do you stand um, with your interests?
1: Definitely. Like I'm really interested in sustainability at the moment. I think it's a big shift that's happening in the industry. Um, I'm really passionate about that. And there are some projects going on at Charlie that will come to, to life, to fruition shortly. Um, I think just Ooh. learning about fabrics that are, you know, sustainable and good for the world and like all the benefits of them and like avoiding waste and things like that. I think the fashion industry is like the second biggest um uh like they create the most waste in the world I think and it was something that was like I don't know I just I didn't like hearing that and I just like that's why we're taking so much initiative with the brand to kind of change that um so I think that's definitely something that's a big you know a big trend but then in terms of like other trends when designers come on board like yeah you know you've got you've got to kind of find something that makes you different like I'm really big on that like there needs to be what is gonna make your brand stand uh alone from other brands? Like w- what's gonna make you bigger and better? And I think that's something really important to look into before you dive into a business. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um, and and is the so that almost sounds like um is there a bit of technology that's making that happen? So is it yep. like we're talking about eco friendly fabrics and things like
1: that? Um, so in terms of sustainability. Yeah a lot of it, it's like experimental a lot of people are milling up their own fabrics like we're we're using a lot of hemp in our product because of it's just got so many benefits so um, it's just a lot of research and testing and yeah innovation I guess innovation comes through again like people are coming up with their own types of fibers and fabrics now like um yeah and ways to like eliminate wastage so it's really interesting yeah,
0: that's cool. Um, given that it's uh, it's an Australian brand yeah and you're distributing overseas is there something about it that makes it uniquely do you, do you lean into that and uh, I mean I haven't seen the the branding necessarily yeah. but um, how do you Do you identify as an Australian company with Australian values?
1: Yes, we love being Australian. I'm very proud of being Australian. I think that translates well in the US as well. They love like Australian fashion. I think it brings something different to what they have over there. Um, We are quite commercial. So we are like, we are resort wear, but I think something that really makes us different is like, we put so much effort into our silhouettes and trying to make them unique. And we also do all our prints, um. So our textile prints all in house so everything all the prints that you see have been designed like we don't buy them from a fabric market or from designers we have them all developed within house yeah
0: okay yeah um and then just with um what it takes to put everything on display um uh, do you have to I'm just thinking about the the marketing side of things yeah um are there models involved do they need yeah. to to wear it and display it yeah
1: so we um we do. Every season, there's two photo shoots. We have what's called a campaign and our e-commerce shoot. So the campaign is like, imagine it's like a editorial type shoot where we're trying to capture like the mood of what the range is trying to get across. So that would be like on a location, like maybe it's a house, a beach, an island or something like that. It's kind of creating like the story behind the range. And then the e-commerce shoots in a studio and that's like on a white backdrop, usually um, and that's just capturing the clothes like in full detail so that the, um, customer can see all angles of the garment. Yeah.
0: Okay. And, yeah. um, is that something that's a big part of your day or is it sort of in cam- like campaign mode where you need it for? The-
1: yeah. Like our weeks are never the same in fashion. So, you know, one week doesn't look like the next. So, you know, when we're at that stage of the cycle where a shoot comes in, then like that week would be completely focusing Um, on getting the photo shoot ready. So like styling, there's a lot of work goes into like sourcing models, booking hair and makeup, coming up with the briefs, um, you know, the photographer, briefing them, finding sourcing locations, sourcing accessories, um, and then putting it all together to make some magic. So there's a lot, yeah, there is a lot of work in that, um, but they're always really fun days. Yeah.
0: Cool. I think that's what people are hanging out for. (laughs) Yeah. You know, let's, let's hear about all the the good stuff. It's the
1: first time like you're really, it's the first time we're usually seeing the design. Like we have fit models throughout the process and we're seeing the designs on them, but it's the first time you really see your garment come to life. So it's like Christmas for a designer. I'd say like you kind of like see it all come to life and your vision is. You know finally real if that makes sense so yeah
0: that's neat yeah one of the things that'll be interesting to to listen back to the podcast recording and and see some of the threads of conversation. so with our booking schedule we actually do have people coming from the modeling industry okay right um photographers yeah. um event you know event managers and 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 it's interesting to see their perspective yeah um because like you said there'll be moments that they are proud of as well Yeah. so um but yeah like i think in 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 your seat the one that yeah. you're at it's it seems exciting Yeah. Um, And so where, where does it go from here? Like, we'd like to get a feel for, you've done a lot, done some really cool stuff. Um, If you were to sort of reset on that and say, well, what, where do you go from here?
1: Yeah. Um, How does that feel? Yeah. Like I... I guess I'm like planning to stay with Charlie. Um, I Like I'm really enjoying the endeavors that we have going on. And like I said earlier, we've got some sustainable projects um, coming up. We are launching a sustainable brand shortly. So it's like kind of renewed that passion and love for me. Like it's a new project to work on. So I'm going to be focusing on that. Um, I'm also taking a bigger step into the marketing branding side of things. So putting a lot of focus on growing the brand, like the brand just growing so quickly at the moment. Like we're really um, looking at ways to grow a customer base. So I'm just going to put a lot of focus into that as well as, um, ensuring our design are only, um, getting prettier and better.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Well, I, we're, we'll definitely mention the website and things at the end yeah. so we can circle back and just, just follow it over time. I think yeah. that's what becomes quite interesting. Um, but some of the other things I just was curious about is, um, if you, if you just take a, a naive view to the fashion industry, you think, well. You need a celebrity to really sell <laughs> anything, don't you? Um is that enter into the world at all?
1: Yeah, well, like um we've been really lucky. Like we haven't ever had to pay a celebrity or anything like that. We've like we've just found like through uh, I guess um newspapers or online that celebrities have worn some of our garments and it's been amazing. Like um it's always such a surprise when that happens. Like recently had um Lana Del Rey, which was that was a really awesome one for me. And we've had Miley Cyrus and Britney Spears and um Rosie from Blackpink which is a K-pop band so that was really cool to see um and it's usually just them out like um living their life and they're wearing Charlie Holiday so it's re- it's really cool to see
0: Yeah that's and like you said you got did you get notified or are you are you on the lookout how do you pay attention yeah, to Yeah well
1: some of them are being completely random and like a friend of a friend has gone oh my gosh have you seen this and some of it's been through PR like um PR services have sent them garments and then they've chosen to wear it so yeah, yeah it's been really cool okay so that's yeah. that's
0: the big the, the big names yeah um uh, what about what's your thoughts on the whole instagram um influencer market yep. is that come and gone or is that still i
1: still think happening? it's here definitely like it's a massive part of our social strategy um i think it's, it changes every year i don't think it looks the same um every season and um, we try to keep up with the latest trends um when it comes to influencers. but yes it's a big it's a big thing, um, in fashion. I think these days, unfortunately you do have to get it on the latest who's who person. Um, and just like the way they style it and the way they talk about the garment, like when they've got these cult following followings, it really does resonate. And like, we do find that, that, that translates quite well. And we want people to talk genuinely about our products. So, um, we get them to do, um, try on hauls, which is like, um, on their instagram stories they'll like say we give them six garments they'll try it on and they'll they'll talk like why they're putting the clothes on they'll um trying the clothes on in front of the mirror kind of thing they'll walk um through the design to their customer they'll kind of be like oh i love this i'm loving this this fit is really good like blah 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 so it's really good and the customer gets to learn about the garment and about the brand and sometimes they talk about um whatever like our efforts like sustainability efforts like we've got all our poly bags are now sustainable so just things like that when they're opening the packaging it just gives people more of a sense of the brand like I think people are starting to dive into the background of the brand like they want to know more about who's behind the brand and um like we have a series we're going to be doing a series like meet your makers like For our sustainable range, like who's actually making your garments and things. And that's ways we can get that through with like our influencers. And like again with the sustainability, like we when we launch that, we only want to look at um influencers that have a sustainability approach behind what they're actually doing. Um so yeah. Oh,
0: that's that's super helpful. I think you can imagine that people, um, some people are pursuing in their sort of courting different brands they're yeah. trying to get as many as they can and yeah. just kind of make a make a go of it yeah um but just the the sequence of events there so if someone has your garment yeah um and they're um and they want to do the right thing by even just sharing it with you mm. what happens are they are they they generate generate a bit of content and they're tagging tagging yeah
1: you? so we do pay some influencers some are just not, like uh genuine people that like have bought it and like tag us in it so they either tag us in it um they'll do the hauls, they'll do stories pictures anything and we like love to reshare that content um we we try to reach out to people that um fit in with the brand message and the the brand's aesthetic and yeah go from there we're all about body diversity at the moment so just trying to get that across as much as we can
0: okay yeah that's cool so it's there's no downside to it they could actually as a brand manager yeah. you can get tagged and it's only positive like it's just sharing that stuff to yeah, you yeah. so you got some vis- visibility yeah to yeah it. Is that yeah, right?
1: yeah
0: okay and then like you then you've got a, p- a few people to follow up with if you think that's something you want to take further yeah that
1: yeah right? that's right
0: okay cool um are you actually on both sides like would you do i'm just trying to think like would you be in front of the camera like is it thing <laughs> where you try to do
1: no <laughs> no i try to not be in front of the camera but sometimes like we, like, you know, in the future, we've got plans to, again, these like whole type situations where, you know, I'll walk through in front of a camera, I can walk through the collection to our consumers. So like on Instagram, I might like take my favorite you know, three or four pieces and walk the customer through those pieces and why I love them and what's good about them and how they're functional. And like, maybe talk about the print that's been designed in house. Um, just to give the, like the customer a bit more knowledge about the the range and why it looks the way it is. And yeah.
0: Very cool. I think people do appreciate a bit of that behind the scenes look, especially from the chief architect.
1: Yeah. I think Uh, so more now, more now than ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's neat. Um, good. Well, people can definitely follow the social media. Um, I think just the advice for any uh, future uh, fashion designers, people that are coming up, um, touch, is there any sort of life hacks that uh, worked for you or you think are, you want to point people in the right direction? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I guess like coming up with something unique and innovative is the best approach. Like what really, what makes you different and what's going to make your business different to the other fashion labels out there. Um, I wouldn't get too caught up on studying. Like it definitely helps. And I, like I said, the entrepreneurship definitely helps me. Um, but I don't don't think because you don't have a diploma in design that you can't do it. I think experience and hands-on experience is the most beneficial thing. Like I learned so much having my own label, but you do need kind of some education to get you there so you don't make expensive mistakes. Um, So I think like interning, any placements you can kind of get, um, just reaching out to people in the industry and just catching up for a chat, like just anything that can like help build your knowledge bank, I think is really beneficial for young upcoming designers. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Well, we really appreciate you showing all that uh, oh, behind great. the scenes with all of us. <laughs> and um, yeah, we'll certainly follow the journey from here. Awesome. Where, uh, if people want to follow along, is there an Instagram or something that you yeah, can check out? Yeah, you
1: can check out my Instagram. It's um, Sinead, S-I-N-E-A-D underscore James.
0: All right. And of course, we'll mention the, the Charlie Holiday. Awesome. They've got a website as well.
1: Yeah, it's just charlieholiday.com. Okay,
0: that's easy. So that's charlieharly.com and that's Sinead Sinead (laughs) James with us today and hopefully we'll see you again soon.
1: Awesome, thank you for having me. All right, wonderful. Take care. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Ambitions podcast. We appreciate your support and welcome your input. So if there is a topic that you would like to see covered, please let us know via our website, aussieambitions.com or any of our social media accounts and please subscribe to receive all of our updates. We hope that you picked up some helpful tips helping you to get to where you want to go. And if you've got a story to tell and are able to come for a visit, definitely get in touch.